Hyde Park United Methodist in Tampa, Florida, this is the Bible Project 2020, a journey to reading the Bible without fear or frustration. I'm your host, Matt Hotho. Today's episode is a conversation with the Reverend Dr. Roger Skoltz, pastor of Kloof Methodist Church in South Africa. Roger was also the interim senior pastor at Hyde Park United Methodist from August 2014 to May 2015. Roger begins our discussion of the book of Job, highlighting the difficulties in interpreting the book, how to make sense of Job's anger, and gives particular attention to Job's wife and the other female characters in the book. The book of Job is a multi-layered text, and because of the many voices and traditions within the text, it can be a difficult text to track with. The book of Job begins with the narrative prologue, chapters 1 through 2, that sets the scene for what is largely a book of poetry. Job then takes up his complaint against God, chapter 3, followed by three cycles of debates with three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, chapters 4 through 27. We'll get to the rest of Job in another episode on Monday, but one more quick note before we begin. Everything in chapters 3 through 27 is poetry, and this is the first large chunk of poetry that we've encountered in our journey through the Bible. However, in episode 8, we encountered a little bit of poetry, and our guest, Ryan Bonfiglio, said something really helpful about poetry. He said this. He said, the thing about poetry is not that it's just more memorable, but it's terseness. It's economy. It actually demands reflection. It demands interpretation. It shows us that this ancient text, as authoritative as it is, is not, no pun intended, meant to be written in stone. That is the poetic quality. It demands our participation in the text. I thought this reflection would be helpful as we get into the poetry of Job. So I hope you're able to participate in interpreting the texts you're reading this week in Job. Now on to the episode. We are blessed to have the wisdom and commentary for this week's focus on the book of Job, the Reverend Dr. Roger Schultz, the lead pastor at Kloof Methodist Church in Durban, South Africa. Welcome, Roger, and greetings to you and your family and the people of South Africa. Thank you so much. Uh, wonderful to be with you guys today. Let me provide a brief biography of our guest. Roger received his PhD in biblical studies from the University of KwaZulu, which, not surprisingly, included a focus on the book of Job. He teaches as an adjunct professor in the biblical studies department of the Sef. Makatimi Methodist Seminary in, and Roger, you're going to have to help me with this. I can't pronounce uh, the name of the city that it's located in. Peter Maritzburg would do the job, Steve. There you go. Okay. Well Thank done. You. He will. He has a wonderful wife and four very active children, and to our great delight at Hyde Park United Methodist Church, served as our interim senior pastor in 2014 and 2015. So, Roger, let's jump right in. Um, could you provide us with a brief summary of the Job story and a brief exposition on the major theological themes? Sure. Well, uh, just to say thanks again. Great to be with you and uh, to be sharing uh, out of this amazing uh, book. Uh, that's quite complex. Uh, some people find a little dry, um, but certainly for those that grapple with it, uh, yields all kinds of treasures. So I guess as many people would know, the book of Job um, tells the story uh, of a man uh, of great uh, righteousness and piety, uh, described as uh, one of the greatest, the greatest man uh, in, in the East, who then uh, 
some terrible sufferings and tragedies before him, and literally overnight his entire world is upended. He loses all of his uh, all of his property, all of his wealth, uh, all of his ten children, um, and 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 the premise for all of this is: What would a righteous person do in the face of such calamity? Will this be the occasion for him uh, to to turn around and to curse God? God, uh, or to hold to his faith. Um, and so that's how the book essentially is set up. And so it explores questions around what faith looks like in the face of, uh, of great suffering. And what does the, res- what does a faithful response uh, look like? Um, and so when one then digs a little deeper into the story and into the book as a whole, one discovers that there's actually an incredible um, complexity to, to, this, uh, to this book. And, um, and, uh, and it explores um, in quite a rigorous and robust way uh, what the nature of faith looks like, uh, especially when, when tough times come along. As all of us know, when tough times come along, a simple answers seldom suffice. So this is a very, very sort of brief and rough sort of overview. Uh, that would be some of the um, some of the gist of what the Book of Job is about. Um, and of course, the particular place of God within those circumstances and the events, and then the responses that Job offers. Um, that's what the Book of Job explores. And as I say, in in quite a, a complex and and a Times nuanced way. Uh, the book of Job can be complex and in some parts uh, pretty difficult. What strategies for reading the book as a whole would you suggest to assist ordinary readers to sort of navigate these complexities? Right. Uh, thank you. That's, uh, that's a great question. And um, I guess I guess there's a couple of things that come to mind, and and first and foremost would be this. Um, I'd want to say that that there really is more to the Book of Job than just the first two and 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 half of the last chapter. Mm-hmm. And the first two and 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 the last chapter is what's called the the prose is the prose um, story of Job, uh, and and most people are familiar with that. Part of the book, it's relatively easy to to read and to understand, uh, and so and that section of the book is written in prose, and most people and that tells the story of Job, this great man with all of his possessions, who is righteous and pious. And then the strange interaction between the Lord and this character, Satan, or, or the Satan uh, in heaven, uh, that leads to um, these calamities that Job befalls. He responds with words of great piety. Um, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I'll return. The Lord gave. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's a second round of suffering that uh, as he's inflicted with loathsome sores, he still refuses to curse God. And then at the very end of the story, it's the so-called happy ending when um, all of his uh, all of his fortunes are restored and he receives 10 more children. And so typically that's what most people understand the book of Job to be about. 
But uh, the first strategy that I want to say is that that there really is more to the book of Job than just that framing narrative. That's just two and a half out of 42 chapters. And all of the bits in between from chapters 3 all the way through to chapters 42 verse 6, um, that's the poetry section of the book. Um, and part of the reason why I guess it's uh, it's largely uh, – uh, ignored or certainly underread is because let's be frank, it can be pretty heavy going. Right. Uh, uh, and, and so the first thing that I want to say is that if, if people simply assume that the book of Job consists of, you know, the two and a half out of the 42 chapters, they really are, are missing much of the, of the richness of what the book's about. Uh, and so that would be the first thing is to is to uh, is to recognise that it really is a, a book of forty two chapters, and it does demand a certain rigour in in terms of 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 one's exploration. Then a second uh, strategy that I'd I would really encourage is is uh, is to is to recognise that this is what scholars refer to as a polyphonic text. Now that's a bit of jargon, um, but 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 quite simply, what that means is that this uh, is a, is a text of many voices, a a polyphonic text, and that within the forty two chapters of the Book of Job, there are are many different voices that get heard. Um, that represent different responses to the difficult questions around suffering. Uh, and this is a, is a critical, critical um, uh, insight, I think, in terms of a responsible reading uh, of the book as a whole, is, is recognizing that there are many different voices, there are many different perspectives. And so as one reads, it's important to pay attention to to what you're reading, who's speaking, and to be and to be recognizing that this represents but one voice within the many voices that sound in the book of Job, that together um, combine in terms of addressing the questions uh, around around suffering. So Job's voice within the prose, prologue, for example, is very different to the voice that we hear from him in chapter 3. Uh, and even the voice that we hear from him in, 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 in chapters 4 through 27, which is part of what's called the human dialogue, um, the voice that we hear from God in the prologue is very different to the voice that we hear from the Lord in the divine speeches in chapters 38 through 41. Um, and so while this might get a little confusing, um, as one recognizes that there are different voices, different perspectives, and as one pays attention to, to who's speaking uh, and, and to, to what, what you're reading, um, it can help to, to allow those different voices space for them to speak their truth uh, or also their inadequacy uh, and to and to receive that as part of 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 the witness of of the book as as a whole well when we're talking about um, the literary style of the book of job uh, let me ask you do we know who wrote job 
or when it was written? Right, right. So, and, and, and along with that question is often the question, you know, does this refer to an actual sort of historical character and to actual sort of historical events? And, um, and to say the book of Job it forms part of what's called uh, the wisdom literature within the Old Testament, uh, in particular uh, sort of a cluster of books, um, uh, uh, the books of Proverbs, uh, Job, and Ecclesiastes. And, and that's a form of literature that that emerges within the history of Israel that was that was really focused upon uh, answering the question: you know, How does the world work? How does life work? Uh, and, uh, and 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 so it was a wisdom tradition reflecting upon lived experience. Uh, the sorts of experiences that come to us as people and, and, and as humans. And, and how do we make sense of that? Uh, who is God in the midst of this? And so the truth that it conveys is not the truth of, uh, of, 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 of historical, um, uh, uh, exactitude that this was a particular character and these events actually happened to him in a particular time and place. Um, it's, it's, it's not, it's not conveying that kind of truth, but it conveys truth nevertheless. Uh, the reality that suffering and often calamitous suffering comes to us. You know, as we make this recording, we're, we're dealing as a world with the whole reality of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and, uh, and, and it raises questions, you know, where is God in the midst of this and what does it mean to be people of faith? Uh, this is a moment in our particular history where something of Job's story rings with the resonance. Um, and so I certainly don't subscribe to the view that, that this refers to an actual sort of historical, um, a sort of character that these events actually happened in much the same way as the Good Samaritan. Was that an actual historical character or was Jesus telling that story to convey truth? In this book, God comes across almost as a version of the Greek gods on Mount Olympus. Mm. Uh, why? What's, uh, what's the point the author is trying to make there? Well, I would um, I would just push back a little in terms of that claim about how God comes across, because uh, uh, that may well be uh, uh, an assertion to make in terms of the God that we encounter in the prose prologue, uh, sitting in heaven and sort of looking down upon you know the servant Job, and then engaging with this character in the heavenly part of the heavenly council. Um, but it's a very different picture from from the God that emerges within the divine speeches, and and so I would just you know reference back to the earlier comment about the fact that this is a book that has different voices, and 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 even the the manner in which God is presented in the book uh, is he's presented or God is presented uh, in different ways. The picture of uh, 
of a God who kind of pulls the levers in heaven that controls the entire universe is one particular picture of God that many people of faith hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the picture of God that emerges later in the book in the poetry section in the divine speeches is also a God of, of this remarkable sovereignty, but, but for whom the levers of control are less important as as the the kind of providential care that God extends even to the realm of the wild and to the chaotic uh, and the celebration of the of the of the largeness of of creation and its diversity and uh, and and so so there really are different pictures of God that emerge within the book as a whole and our task as readers is to be navigating those and to be asking what does this particular picture what does this particular voice reveal or uh, or reflect of God uh, and to what extent does that does that resonate with with the God that that we that we know and that has been uh, that has been revealed to us in Christ and 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 what 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 might be the the particular the particular insight or learning that emerges for us as we consider some of the different ways in which God is is seen and understood because make no mistake I mean let's take the COVID nineteen thing there'll be different people saying no this is God's judgment upon mm-hmm. the wickedness of the world or no 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 know that God is actually in the midst of our suffering and is actually comes and shares with us in this and and so it goes in terms of different views different thoughts that's the genius of the book of Job it presents those and invites an engagement to be saying which of these which of these um, has the compelling ring of truth about it we often hear the phrase the patience of Job does that common phrase fit with the story well, again, that's, uh, that comes out of the prose narrative, you know, in response to all of his great sufferings. He uh, expresses this incredible sense of, 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 of faith and trust in God. Uh, there is a reading of that. Certainly my reading would be, would be, would be questioning the particular nature of his faith paradigm. Uh, and whether, in fact, it's actually a, a toxic form of faith uh, that he holds. Um, and certainly, as you skip over to chapter three, where in the beginning of the poetry, where Job then just erupts and there's this visceral outpouring. And then through the human dialogue, he lets God have it. Uh, and uh, he can he can let fly, and so so again the patience of Job. Well, that's a reference to the voice of Job that sounds in the prose prologue, um, but doesn't really uh, acknowledge the 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 alternative. You know, the further voices that 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 he's given within the poetry section of the book. So what's interesting is um, my study Bible pushed me to uh, the book of James, chapter five, verse eleven where Job is mentioned and what's mentioned about Job is his endurance, not his patience, right. but it's just right. endurance and the difference between those two. Right. There's a sense in which Job continues to, to press on in terms of 
um, his, his demand for some kind of a hearing with God as he, as he clings to his sense of, uh, you know, of his own integrity and, uh, and as he, in a sense, hangs in there, um, even whilst expressing, you know, profound, uh, lament, uh, and, uh, and railing against God often in quite, um, in quite, um, robust ways. Well, I must ask, uh, there's one point where Job's wife certainly gives him some uh, curt advice. <laughs> she says, quote, <laughs> curse God and die, close quote. Talk for a moment about the roles that she or the other women in the, uh, in the story play. Sure, Steve. Well, you could get me going here because this was the focus of my particular PhD. You know, Job's wife appears for just two verses. She speaks just six words in the original Hebrew, and then she disappears from the text. So that's per- perfect for a PhD dissertation. <laughs> you know, she's been dismissed as an unfaithful wife, trying to get Job to abandon his faith. And um, I, I read her in in exactly uh, a diametrically opposite way. I see her as one of the heroes of the story. That what she's doing when she says to Job, "Do you still persist in your integrity?" curse God and die, that she's actually challenging a a paradigm of faith, almost a form of religious fundamentalism that Job has, that she recognizes is toxic and that he needs to actually um, be be released of if he's to truly discover, you know, what faith and who God really is. And so what's Um, Job's fundamentalism? What would you say is well, fundamentalism is? There's a sense in which there's a kind of a, an anxiety. There's a kind of a need to kind mm. of keep things neat and ordered and structured. Uh, that this is not actually a safe world. If you kind of step out of line, maybe even an inadvertently kind of cause God offense because God is easily offended. All kinds of terrible things could kind of come your way. Like this is a terrible uh, way to live. And so the wife is saying, well, why don't you just exactly. get it over with? Just curse God and die if, if this is such a sure. terrible relationship to have with the divine. And, and then there's the, the only other sort of female characters in the book would be Job's daughters. He has seven sons and three daughters who in the prologue get wiped out. And then uh, in the epilogue, uh, Job uh, receives uh, has ten more children. Um, and then what's very interesting is that uh, we read that um, that Job names his daughters, um, which is a very unusual thing for um, for fathers to do within the Hebrew scriptures. It's one. It's the there's one or two very you know. Uh, possible exceptions, but fathers wouldn't have named children or certainly daughters. So the fact that Job is assuming that role is quite interesting. And then the names that he gives them, um, he calls uh, the one uh, Jemima, which means dove. He calls uh, another um, uh, Keziah, which is uh, a kind of a cinnamon spice. And then the third he calls Keren Hapuch, which literally means horn of antimony. It's like an eyeshadow. And so, so these are not kind of like religious names. They're kind of quite sort of snazzy, sort of snappy names. Right. And then Job also gives to his daughters an inheritance along with, uh, with their brothers, which again was, was in direct contravention of the kind of, um, inheritance provisions of, of, of ancient Israel. And, and, and the significance of 
of that is that something has happened in Job from the anxious father at the beginning of the book offering preemptive sacrifices, wanting to keep things nice and neat and ordered, to a kind of freewheeling Job at the end of the book who sort of dishes out sort of snappy names and hands out inheritances to daughters as well as to sons. And something has shifted. It's, it's for me, one of the little keys to suggest that there really has been a transformation in him through the journey that has been his uh, as he comes to to live in a more freed up kind of way, um, which for me is part of the whole point of um, of, of 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 where the book um, where the book is leading us. Well, Reverend Dr. Schultz, I want you to know this has been a true delight, as we knew it would be. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. It's been a joy to be a part of uh, a part of this, and I wish uh, all of the listeners and uh, uh, well as they venture into this uh, difficult but also incredibly rich uh, and rewarding book. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Monday to discuss the rest of Job with my friend Jonathan Mason Wolf. We'd love to hear from you. Join our Facebook group, The Bible Project 2020, or go to BibleProject2020.com to learn more about Hyde Park United Methodist and our project. You can also join us for online worship Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at HydeParkUMC.org live. Steve Crawford produced this episode. I'm Matt Hotho. See you next week.